0: Welcome to Love Your Library, I'm Mary Stone, bringing you this mini episode of the Hampshire Libraries podcast. First, I want to thank our supporter BorrowBox, the library app that allows you to download ebooks and audiobooks straight to your phone or tablet. All you need is your library membership number and PIN. Okay, so today we're going to hear from the performance poet and playwright Joseph Coilo. Joseph won the Centre for Literacy in Primary Education Poetry Award in 2015 for his collection Werewolf Club Rules. Joseph is a talented children's writer who also works a lot with schools, so he's the ideal person to host the bedtime reading hour for this year's World Book Night. Joseph grew up in what he calls the last village in London, Roehampton, in a tower block with his mum and sister. He studied archaeology at university and spent a brief time in Peru digging up bones. After that, he worked in all sorts of jobs – gym instructor, salesman, film extra and transport planner. But all through this time, one thing remained consistent – he always wrote. He would share his work on stage as a performance poet, and this led to gigs sharing his poems at schools. It was after years spent running creative writing workshops in schools and writing plays for theatre that he eventually found a publisher for his own poems. He's a passionate supporter of libraries and even set himself the challenge to join a library in every region of the UK. This was before the social distancing rules began. My colleague, another Mary, met up with Joseph before the pandemic outbreak to talk to him about his work and love of libraries. The interview begins with Joseph reading his poem I Am A Writer from his collection Werewolf Club Rules.
1: So I spent... Well, 17 years, I have spent 17 years working in schools, getting young people to write. And I would do a circle activity where I'd get them to imagine themselves as, as different metaphors. So they might say, I am the claws of a tiger because I am sharp. Or I am the wings of a dove because I believe in peace. <laughs> so uh, this poem was based on that activity. Um, it's called, I am a writer. I am the clash and collide of the stars because I create worlds. I am the awareness of the trees because I hear the wind. I am the sweat of a rainbow, because I refract all colours. I am the blood in a pen, because I ink arteries. I am the blade in a sharpener, because I make nibs vanish. I am the edge of a rubber, rounded, worn and softened by mistakes. I am the conversation of notes, discussing melodies. I am the holes in a flute, knower of unknown tunes, I am the skin of a drum. Every hit, beat and bang, bouncing off me, forming music from nothing.
2: Can I start by asking why libraries are so important to you?
1: I was very lucky that growing up, I grew up in Roehampton in London, the last village in London, apparently. Um, But it was the the biggest, Europe's largest council estate at one point. but I was, down the road from me, there was the local library, which is still open. And that was, where my, that was the first library I joined. And then we moved to Wandsworth. And again, just by chance, I lived next door to a library. And that's where I ended up working, doing my first Saturday job, um, and studying there throughout my GCSEs and my A-levels. And so that love for libraries was kind of entrenched quite early on. Um, and then as a writer and a performer, I've been visiting libraries kind of non-stop throughout my career. So yeah, they've always been dear to my heart. Oh, and the summer reading scheme. I remember reading, I think I I read six Roald Dahl books (laughs) over one summer, Yeah, but that was like, I was hooked.
2: I also understand you're doing a library marathon at the moment, what's involved and how's it going?
1: I'm attempting to join a library in every UK authority. So I started in uh, May of this year and to date, As of two days ago I've joined 129 libraries which has been wonderful it's been very intense so some I've done uh, when I've been doing events in places and happen to get to the library but I've also had a few sort of intense legs so I travelled in August for three weeks in my mini micro camper van up from Kent where I live um, going up England into Scotland, doing most of Scotland, and then making my way slowly back down. So over those three weeks, I joined 70 libraries. I did another intense leg a couple of weeks ago in London. Over two days, I joined 30 libraries. Yeah, 80 libraries together. Nearly there. Yeah, kind <laughs> <Fine> of. <laughs> Not far off.
2: <laughs> yeah. And um, can you tell me a bit more about how you came up with the idea? You were telling me about your background working in theatre and libraries.
1: I spent four years writing and producing children's theatre shows designed specifically to go into libraries and I was working very closely with them, Half Moon Theatre, creating these, these tourable shows. And I was doing a lot of repeat bookings I was thinking, oh gosh, it'd be great if, there was, uh, you know, if I could be a member of each, of each library I I've, I've visited. So at first I thought, wouldn't it be great to become a member of every library in the UK? That's impossible. Not only because, you know, there's close to 3,000, I think, or more if you include the little private libraries and things, um, but also once you're a member of, of one borough, that's kind of it, you've got your card. But that became more doable to join one uh, library in each UK authority, so that's 209 uh, libraries. Um, so yeah, I started in May. Uh, I think my first library I joined was Birmingham. Birmingham Central. And yeah, it kind of snowballed from there. I thought I would do it slowly as and when, but then news got out, and then I got lots of requests on Twitter from libraries saying, Come and join us, come and join oh, us. So wow. it kind of ballooned yeah. into Fantastic. this, this uh, monster, this lovely monster.
2: Yes. <laughs> I like that lovely monster. A lovely <laughs> <That's> monster. <okay. laughs>
1: um,
2: you've written a book all about the power of libraries called Luna Loves Library Day. Can you tell us a bit about it?
1: Well, Luna Loves Library Day is about a little girl called Luna. And once a week, she meets her dad in the library and they choose books together. And each book that they choose is a bit special because things escape from the books. Mm -hmm. So they choose a book of uh, unexplained mysteries and dinosaurs and mummies, Egyptian mummies escape from that book. Um, They also choose a bug book and lots of bugs escape into the library. And towards the end, Luna chooses a fairy tale book called The Troll King and the Mermaid Queen. And in that story, we get a little parable of um, of a a magical family, but maybe things aren't quite as they seem in that family and Luna can relate, Luna and her dad can relate to the goings-ons in that magical family, but it brings them closer together. So it's been a a lovely book to create. I created it with Fiona Lumbers, who's a fantastic illustrator, and we've just finished our our third book together actually we've got a Luna Loves Art coming out next year where Luna goes to an art gallery uh, with mum and dad um, so it's, it's been lovely sharing that in libraries and in schools and encouraging kids to get to their libraries and to borrow, borrow books and to find the magic in books.
2: Fantastic. Um, And another of your recent um, books is called If All the World Were, and that talks about the relationship between a little girl and her grandfather and how she copes with his death. What made you want to write that story?
1: Uh, In part, uh, reflecting back on my childhood relationship with my grandfather. I think with many people, I think when you're a kid, kind of grandparents are these sort of magical beings, and then unfortunately as we all get older and we move away from home, you know, you sort of see less and less of them. And my grandfather passed away about about 10 10 years ago now. And I often found myself sort of thinking back to the walks we would go on when I was young. After dinner, we'd always go for a walk and I'd always wanna hold his hand. And as I got older, he would say to me, oh, you're too old to, to hold hands but he'd still hold my hand. And that became the kind of starting point for the book. The little girl in the book uh, says, asks her grandfather if she can hold his hand. And he says, you're too old to hold hands, but still they hold hands. And so I was kind of reflecting back on that relationship. And I wanted to create a book that talks softly and sensitively about death because I find young people especially are keen to talk about these things, and we often shy away from talking about, about big topics with kids, and I get it, we're, we're scared, they're, they're uncomfortable things to talk about, but what's great about books and uh, literature is that it provides a safe space where you can explore these things, and in If All the World Were, the little girl has a tool to help her when she feels sad, and that's the, uh, a notebook. Her grandfather would make these homemade notebooks and she finds one last notebook that he'd made for her. Um, after he uh, died, she discovers this book and she writes and draws all her happy grandfather memories and it helps her feel better. And I wanted to spread that message for kids that if you're feeling sad or angry or upset or even happy, you can write and draw and it can help soothe those emotions. It can, it's so great because if you're feeling happy, it can make you feel happier. But if you're feeling sad, it can help you feel better, help you kind of get through those more difficult emotions.
2: Lovely. When did you realise that you wanted to be a writer and how did you get to where you are now? It's quite a
1: big question. (laughs) It's a
2: huge question. Wow. Yeah.
1: When did I? I It is a tough one because I I wanted to be a marine biologist when I was at school. I don't know why. I think I just, I always loved the sea. And at my local library, I remember getting out a book about beachcombing and I was just desperate to live by the sea. And I do live by the sea now. Don't do as much beachcombing as I would like. Um, But And I ended up studying archaeology um, whilst at university. But throughout that time, theatre was always a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. I was performing since the age of 11 at the local Mm theatre in Putney. And so when I discovered poetry, which I did whilst I was at school, uh, we would study Sylvia Plath. But what kind of rang out in my mind was when uh, a poet, the the poet Jean Vinterbreeze, came to our school and read a poem about the softest touch. And I think that's when I first realised that there was such a thing as performance poetry and you could be a performance poet. And I was writing poems and it gave me a, a way to express them and share them. Um, so throughout uni I was writing poems and then after university I just it just sort of took over. I was on the London poetry scene uh, sharing poems um, and then because of that I was increasingly asked to visit schools. And so I started writing more kind of uh, child-friendly poems. And then that took over. I mean, I was doing that for 12 years before I got published. um, And I ended up getting published um, when I met the fantastic Otter Barry of Barry Books. Um, She published my first collection uh, at the time she was at Francis Lincoln. So, uh, Werewolf Club Rules became my first book. And then off the back of that, I got an agent and that opened the doors to um, picture books and nonfiction. And now I've got my first novels coming out next year with Walker Books.
2: Okay, that's <laughs> quite unusual actually, to have a book published before you get an agent, isn't it? Because yeah, well,
1: poetry is an odd one. Like I spent years talking to agents, trying to get an agent, um, and I was, every time I, I spoke to agents, they would say, oh, there's nothing we can do for you. You've been published by the publisher that publishes children's poetry, so that's it. But luckily, I met Felicity True, who's my agent and mm. been my agent for what five, year? five years now, is that right? Yeah, four years, four years. Um, and she was just wonderful and, and saw that I was a writer first mm-hmm. and as a writer I could write lots of different things um, and wasn't kind of put off by the, the fact that I'd written a lot of poetry. Um, I'm so grateful to her because that opened it door to me for writing lots of different things.
2: Interesting. Um, and finally what advice would you give to young writers starting off
1: oh my advice would be to carry a notebook wherever you go Mm -hmm. i have two in my bag at at the moment filled with notes develop a good system for organizing your notes okay Uh, i because they can easily get lost i just had to clear out of of masses of notebooks from years gone by um what i found works is having an index system so number your pages Keep a notebook, write down the ideas as they come, um, because I think the hardest thing is getting ideas for stories and poems. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everyone has ideas, but they just don't write them down. So if you write them down when they come, be it the middle of the night, have it by your bed at night, uh, middle of the day when the idea strikes, don't think, oh, I'll remember that, because you won't. So write it down straight away. um, Observe the world around you. I I think uh, develop a curious mind um, and read read lots of poetry, read lots of books, read a wide variety of things. I read lots of short stories, I read lots of uh, non-fiction, lots of science-based non-fiction, because it opens up different avenues and different inspirations for poetry and stories.
0: That was my colleague Mary talking to the poet Joseph Coilo, a short time before the social distancing began. Thanks for listening to Love Your Library, the Hampshire Libraries podcast. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to hear more interviews like this. And it would be great if you'd rate and review our podcast on iTunes, as this helps other people to find us. There's also a calendar of different library activities available through our Facebook page, as well as a whole host of online resources, such as free newspapers and magazines to download, as well as our BorrowBox app. You'll find all the details on our website. Remember, while our buildings may be closed, we are always open online. I'm Mary Stone and you've been listening to the Love Your Libraries mini podcast.